Welcome to the Ain't That the Truth podcast. I'm Revy Melissa, your host. We are here to proclaim that truth's name is Jesus. We rely on the Bible to explore, understand, and grow in absolute truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ain't That the Truth. I am so excited that you have decided to join me for this episode. We are in this together, learning to grow in truth together. So just to give you a little heads up, so this week we are going to be focusing on the biblical hero of Moses. We know that Moses was a huge character in the Old Testament, had a lot of things that he did, both good and bad. Um, So because he is so big and because there is so much scripture that covers Moses, we're actually going to have to split this into two different episodes. So there's going to be a Moses part one and a Moses part two. However, in between the Moses part one and Moses part two, next week, we are going to be joined by special guest, Pastor Cherokee Parker, who has been a special guest on here a few times before. And we're going to be discussing why it is important to have good friends and to hang out with good people, um, good godly people that are going to keep you um, on track with your relationship with Christ. Don't want to get into it too much to give it away, but it's going to be an amazing episode. I'm really excited because that is a topic that I am passionate about and I know that Pastor Cherokee is passionate about, so stay tuned next week for that. But today, we are going to hop in and talk about Moses. So, Moses is said to have written most all of the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. So, he's credited for that. We know that in the first five books of the Bible that Moses um, is mentioned a lot. Um, specifically, you know, in Exodus is where we're going to start today. Um, the Exodus, as we know, is the Israelites exiting, leaving <clears throat> Egypt. And we know that Moses was the primary one in helping the Israelites um, be set free from the Egyptians. So we're going to be talking about that today. So some of the key phrases in the book of Exodus, since we're going to be going through the book of Exodus for a lot of our time, is deliverance and and redemption. The deliverance of the people of Israel from their opposition as slaves is just one of the many miraculous acts performed by God for the complete redemption of his chosen people. And then we know also that the word commandment is a very important word in here because the Ten Commandments and other laws give the people the instruction needed to live as God desires. So we are going to talk about all of that today and I am super excited. So let's just jump right on in to chapter one. So in chapter one we know that there is some harsh things going on in the um Egyptian world. It says in in verse 15, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives whose names were Sephra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not want to do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. 
Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, Hebrew, every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. So here we go. We have Pharaoh being Pharaoh. And he has told the midwives, you need to kill all baby boys that are born. The midwives, being Hebrew women and fearing God, know that obviously murder is wrong, killing the boys would be wrong, so they don't do it. And so then Pharaoh says, okay, well then I'm going to give this to everybody. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile River, but the girls you're going to let live. So we see in chapter 2 that Moses is born. And so his mom hides him away for a long time, gets him weaned, and then was like, "Mm -mm, uh-uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm hiding my boy, hiding my boy. And then when the time comes, she puts him in a basket and, and lets him slide on down the Nile River. So the first point that I want to make was Moses had to be hidden. Now, we know this is because of this law, but one thing that struck me was if you think about Moses, he was a leader. He ended up leading the Egyptians out of, or sorry, the Hebrews out of Egypt. Sometimes there are going to be times in, in, in your walk as you are being positioned to do what the Lord has you to do that you're going to have to have seasons of just being hidden. Because if you have a plan and a purpose for your life, which we all do, we are all important to the kingdom of God. And we've talked about that on this app, um, this podcast before. So we know that, you know, there are seasons where God is shaping us and molding us and, and preparing us for what he has for us to do, right? For his glory, not for ours. But sometimes we have to have seasons where we are hidden. Just like Moses, you know, his was, you know, as a young boy, he had to be hidden but there are going to be seasons in our lives where we're just going to have to be hidden we're going to be in the background and not in the forefront maybe doing ministry but more in the background because God is producing things in us before he can have us walk fully in what he's called us to do because if we're not prepared for it then we're not going to succeed and God wants us to succeed in what he's called us to do so that way his name can be glorified to the ends of the earth and so sometimes again we're going to have to have seasons where we are hidden and those seasons aren't bad seasons I know sometimes it can feel like a punishment or it can feel like God why aren't you using me or why why am I not seeing you know things come to pass it's because he's preparing you it's because he's molding you it's because there's things that he wants to do on the inside of you and the things that sometimes he does on the inside of you are not easily seen at first it's it's a private work that the Lord does in you and then you can be revealed to the people and do um, what the Lord has called you to do. So that was my first point. So we see that after he was hidden, that he was sent in a basket down the Nile River, right? And so let's see what happens. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile River to bathe, and her attendants 
were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket, which had Moses, among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. Um, when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So we see here that God still has a plan and a purpose for Moses, and it is not a coincidence that he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. So the one who is setting these laws and these commandments, you know, for the Hebrew babies, baby boys, to be, you know, killed, basically, it's his daughter that finds Moses, and she takes him in as one of her own. So she basically says, you know what, he is mine, and I am going to take care of him. And so Moses is basically saved from being killed like all the other Hebrew babies. And so this is an important part. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And when he does, because you got to understand, when we are formed in our mother's womb, God already knows the plan and the purpose that he has for us. And so even from our before we're even born out of our mother's room he's already protecting us he's already has his hand on our life protecting us and so that way we can do the work that he's called us to do and so even as a baby god knew the potential of moses he knew what he had called moses to do and therefore his hand was already protecting in the shadow of his wings moses was already being protected so that is something that is is important for us to understand that God is going to protect us. Yes, we can still make mistakes because we're going to see, you know, here in just a few minutes that Moses does make mistakes that um, do maybe sometimes hinder us from from doing the will of God and sometimes just uh, causes us to have to take a detour before we get there. Um so yes, we can make mistakes, but nonetheless, God protects us. When he has a plan and a purpose for us, he's going to protect us so we can get to that point. Because as a baby, Moses couldn't do anything to protect himself. So God stepped in and it was all orchestrated so beautifully. You know, and it's all about perspective too, because you can look at the story and say that this is a horrendous story because Pharaoh is, is ca causing all the Hebrew boys to be murdered. And yes, that's, that's, that's sad and, and, and everything else like that. Or you can look at the perspective, but look at what God did. He protected Moses. He protected his called chosen one that he was going to use to to help the hebrews escape the egyptians he was protecting him and and the beautifulness of the steps along the way that 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 took place so it's all about perspective so in your situation there may be some horrible things that are going on in your situation right now there may be some things that you're having to work through that are hard and it would be so easy to focus on that and say this is hard like what are you doing God or you can have the perspective of hey you know I see your hand of protection on my life I see how you are allowing these things to be purified in me that you're allowing me to work through these things so I can be whole and ready to do the task that you've called me to do so it's all about our perspective so Point number two, he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, which is significant.
then we see later on in this chapter that Moses does one of the most unthinkable acts that we could ever think of. He murders somebody. It says, One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of all this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now a priest of the Midian and seven daughters and had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. When the girls returned to Raoul, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? They answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he? Raoul asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. So we see here where Moses lets his emotions get the best of him. And he sees that there is an Egyptian beating one of his own people because he understands that he's a Hebrew. Beating one of his own people and so he murders him. And at first he thinks, no one has seen what I did wrong. I looked to my right and to my left. I looked all around. I didn't see anybody. So <laughs> I got away with this. Well, he finds out that, hey, one of the Hebrews actually saw what you did. There's somebody that saw what you did. So that's another point that I want to make is that Jesus is always going to see what we do. So we can never think, oh, I'm going to get away with this because no one saw this. Jesus sees it all. So when you're thinking about doing something wrong, if you're having to worry about who around you is looking, then you might as well just not do it because God is going to see it regardless. And there is going to be some sort of consequence to our wrong actions. Now, sometimes God protects us from the most intense consequence because you see here where, you know, Pharaoh was like, I want to kill Moses because he murdered. That's that's it. An eye for an eye. I'm going to kill him. Well, He's able to flee. And so God allowed him to escape the most harsh punishment, but he still was away from from everything he's always known, and he had to flee. But then we see that Moses really isn't a bad man. He really isn't horrible. He just made a wrong decision when, when murdering that guy. He let his emotions get the best of us, because we see here where then he helps helps the daughters of Rahul. And then we notice that he gets married to Zipporah in the next part of the chapter. The next thing that happens, so he has committed murder, so he's a murderer now, which in our eyes is, you know, oh, that's the worst of the worst. He's a murderer now, like, get him away. Like, God can't use that, right? No, that's not the case. God uses sometimes the most least, oftentimes actually, the most least expected person that you would think he uses. 
Um, and a large part of that is because, you know what, it ain't about us. And, and if it was always the people that had the most talented, if it was always the most popular people, if it was always the most wealthy people, then it, we would get it into our heads that it was based off human strength. But no, it's based off Jesus and what he's already done and the, and the, the strength of God. And so therefore, he often uses the week of the week to show his strength so that he can get the glory out of the situation and so he still has a plan and a purpose for Moses so the next part that we're going to read is Moses in the burning bush in chapter 3 it says now Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and he hid the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Herob the mountain of God there the angel of the Lord appeared to him um, in flames of fire from within a bush Moses saw that the that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Then the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So here, God comes to him through a burning bush. The bush was burning, but it wasn't burning up. It wasn't being, you know, consumed. And so Moses was like, mm, this is a weird phenomenon. I'm going to go look at this. And so when he does, the Lord calls out his name, has him take off his sandals because the place where he is standing is holy ground because the presence of the Lord, the Shekinah glory was there. So it was holy ground. So he took off his shoes in reverence and he listened and God told him who he was and then said, I have seen the misery of the people. One, there's a lot of things in the burning bush that we can talk about. So we're going to kind of unravel the burning bush for just a few minutes. So you see here where first off the Lord, you know, calls out Moses' name. He knows our name. You know, there's a song, you know, out there that says, He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and he hears me when I call. I love that song. I absolutely love that song. It's an older song, but it's a good one. And so here he calls out Moses' name. And what is Moses' reply? Here I am. Oftentimes the Lord is speaking to us, but we do not respond because we're not listening. We have to take the time to listen to what the Lord is saying to us. So he says, here I am. And then the Lord gives him a command do not come any closer and take off your shoes for this is holy ground. A place is holy ground when the presence of the Lord is there. That place is considered holy ground and it should be held in reverence. You know, I remember when I was younger, um, 
we were not allowed to run in the sanctuary of the church and we were not allowed you know to to um make a mess in the sanctuary of the church and at the time I was younger so I didn't get it I just thought it was any other room and I'm like why are they so particular about the sanctuary but now I understand that because the sanctuary in the church yes you know it's still just a room but you know what the presence of the Lord infiltrates that room and when it does it's holy ground and it should be considered sacred and so yes you can get legalistic with that and I'm not talking about that but that's my example of understanding that it's holy ground and it should be received with respect because it's where the presence of the of the Lord dwells. And so God introduces himself to to Moses. He's like, "I am the God of your people. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob." God lets and reveals himself. He lets himself known and he reveals himself to Moses. So Moses um, can't have any question of of who who what is this voice that I'm hearing? He knows he knows right off the bat, this is the Lord, the one true God. God will always reveal himself to us. If we are listening and we take the time to listen, he will reveal himself to us and we'll have no doubt that it is him who is speaking to us. And that's something powerful because there are going to be a lot of voices that are going to try to speak into our life. There are going to be a lot of voices that are going to continue to talk and talk and talk and try to speak into our life. And we need to be able to distinguish all the other voices from the voice of the Lord. But know that if it's the voice of the Lord, the Lord's going to reveal himself. And it's not going to be what, something that you can question. When it's truly God speaking to you, there's going to be no shadow of a doubt that it's him speaking to you. So the Lord, again, he introduces himself. And then the Lord says, let me tell you, I know the situation that's going on. And so he hashes out, like, I understand that the Hebrews are being mistreated by the Egyptians, that they're being oppressed in slavery, that my people are not being treated right. The Lord sees the situation. He knows the situation. And so that's important to note that, you know, sometimes we think that because we're going through something that the Lord doesn't see, that the Lord doesn't know what's happening. He does. He knows and he sees what's happening. And sometimes he allows things to happen for a reason. Sometimes he allows us to go through seasons of trials and tribulations. But you got to know that he is strengthening us. That he is producing perseverance and patience and steadfastness. And he is growing us and molding us into what he wants us to be in those seasons. But never, never, never doubt that the Lord is seeing what you're going through. And never, never, never doubt that the Lord cares about what you're going through. So when God sees that there's a problem, he sends somebody to help. He sends somebody to help. You know, um, uh, we've talked about Vibe Church before. We've had Pastor Brian on there before. And we've been having Thursday night Bible studies. And, and one of the things that Pastor Brian's been talking about is God is in the habit of sending men. And men being, you know, a gender neutral. It's not just like males. But men, women, mankind, humans. He um, loves sending people. And so this time his vessel that he is using and, or wants to use is Moses. So he says, now I, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So that is the burning bush situation um, from, from what God is telling Moses to do. But now let's look at Moses' response because it is so important. 
When God tells us to go and he wants to use us, our response is important. And, you know, it's okay sometimes to have doubts. Doubts aren't necessarily sin. It's when we let those doubts control our actions and allow those doubts to keep us from doing what God calls us to do. That's when it turns into sin. Because we're humans. Fear is going to come. It's going to happen. We're human. Doubt's going to come sometimes. We're human. Thoughts are going to pop into our heads sometimes. It's whether we're going to hold those thoughts captive. It's whether we're going to hold those feelings captive and still do what God calls us to do. That's, that is the real telltale sign of where our relationship is at with Christ. So let's see, starting with verse 11, Moses' reaction to what God's called him to do. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us take a 33-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go um, unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, I will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people so that when you leave he will not go empty-handed every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing which will put uh, on your sons and daughters so you will plunder the egyptians so we see this that his response was like who am i who am i moses knew he knew he was a murderer he knew he had made a mistake he knew that, you know, he was just a lowly Hebrew that happened to be found by, by Pharaoh's daughter and, and was, you know, protected, but then made a mistake and was ostracized. He, he understood that he was nothing of his own. We're nothing of our own. We are nothing of our own. In and of ourselves, we're nothing. But with God, we are equipped, we are called, we are chosen, and we can do anything through him who gives us strength. Which means anything that he's called us to do, we can do in his strength. So, God gives him specific instructions. This is what you are to do. This is what you are to say to them. And so, Moses then asks them, well, who, who am I supposed to tell them that you are? Like, what name am I supposed to tell them you are? And I love this, and I want to talk about this for just a minute. The Lord gives them the response. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. 
I preached a sermon on the concept of the great I am, the I am. Because, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that, that he could have said, I am the magnificent one, the holy God, the one true God, the one over everything, the one who is sovereign, the one who rules over everything, the one that should be constantly obeyed. Like he could have, he could have given them a whole book of things to call him, but he simply says two words, I am. And why is that? Because he is everything. If you need healing, I am speaking about God rather not me of course so I am if you need provision he is if you need hope he is if you need peace he is if you need joy he is so I am really does encompass everything that God is and so he gives them instructions and also forewarns Moses that Pharaoh's not going to go down without a fight Pharaoh's not just going to easily say yeah 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 go take them no and so God's going to have to do a lot of things in order to make this happen. And so we know that those things that are going to have to take place are going to be the plagues. So we're not going to talk too much about the plagues. But I do want to talk about this part. So Moses' hand becomes leprous. So this is chapter 4, verse 6. It says, And the Lord said, Put your hand into your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into the cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of the flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs, nor listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground moses said to the lord pardon your servant lord i have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant i am slow of speech and tongue the lord said to him who gave human beings their mouth who makes the deaf or mute who gives them sight or makes them blind it, is it not i the lord now go i will help you speak and will teach you what to say but moses said pardon your servant lord please send someone else so here, Moses is really letting his doubt get the best of him. He was like, God, please send somebody else. I, you know, I'm not eloquent in speech. Um, I mess up my words. Like, please send somebody else. And the Lord keeps saying, but I'm going to be with you, dude. Like, he's telling him, like, I'm going to give you all these signs. And if that still doesn't work, like, I will produce more signs. I've got your back is what the Lord's saying here in, in, in our terms of today. Homie, I got your back. Like, you know what? I got you, boo, is what the Lord's saying here. And Moses is still like, please send somebody else. And so we see further down that the Lord kind of gets a little angry with, with Moses. Like, oh my gosh, I keep telling you, like, I'm in control of your mouth. So it's going to be okay. But the Lord, you know what? Even in this, doesn't say, you know what? Forget it. Go. I'll just completely use somebody else. Instead, the Lord has compassion like he tends to do, understanding that we are humans and he appoints Aaron, which is his brother, Moses' brother, as his spokesperson. So, there are going to be times where we feel inferior and unequipped. We cannot allow that to get the best of us. We have to do what the Lord has called us to do in spite of our feelings of inferiority. In spite of that, we have to keep pressing on into what we feel like the Lord has called us to do. You know, and I know that that's hard, 
but that is something and and that's kind of where we're going to wrap up today is just uh, again just talking about that for just a few minutes and I want to give you a little bit of my story and, and most of you know it already but I'm just going to share with it and how it kind of applies to si- this situation so as most of you know I have been called by God to be a missionary in Africa I was called the summer before my seventh grade year when I was about 12 and ever since then everything that I've said or everything that I've you know done as far as um, when it comes to my future has been to prepare me to be the missionary that he's called me to be in Africa I'm just a woman from Kentucky there is nothing uh, innately you know special about me I'm not some superhuman I'm just any other human who has just said, yes, God, I will go. I don't know the languages over there. I'm having to work hard to learn them. I don't have the most eloquent speech or the not the prettiest person or um, the smartest person or the most talented person. But that doesn't matter. What I am is I'm obedient. And I'm just saying, yes, Lord, I will go because I know that's what you've called me to do. And I'm not saying that to be prideful of like, I've got it all together. Because there are definitely moments and times where I do doubt. Like, God, is this really what you've called me to do? Like, aren't you sure you don't want to send somebody else that's probably way more talented than I am? But I never let those doubts stop me from pushing forward on what God has me to do. Because you know what? I know that the safest place to be is inside the perfect will of God. And so I know that I must go. That I can't say no to God. That I need to say yes. Say yes even sometimes when I don't understand. Say yes when I'm feeling weak and tired and just want to give up. Say yes when I'm feeling discouraged. To say yes even though I feel inadequate. Knowing that the I am. The God that orchestrates the whole universe to work the way that it does. Has got my back. He's going before me. He goes behind me. He surrounds me. And I know that he is going to producing me the 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 attributes that I need to be the missionary that he's called me to be in Africa and it's not going to be by my strength that I do anything anyways but it's going to be based off his strength and his strength alone and so for anybody who's listening today you might feel like Moses you might feel inadequate you might feel inferior you might feel unequipped know that if God's called you to do something that he's going to equip you, that he's going to go before you and surround you, that he will equip you in due time, that he is in control of all things anyways, and it's going to be by his strength that you're doing all things anyways. Understand that, know that, and you're going to be solid. You're going to be solid. Don't let the doubt Don't let the confusion, don't let the lack of understanding, the inferiority feeling keep you from pursuing the will and the call of God on your life. Don't let it happen. So we have not even scratched the surface on Moses. There is still a lot left to talk about that we will talk about in two weeks. But um, I didn't want to keep you all too long today. I just really, really learned a lot from the life of Moses just like I did with the previous men that we've talked about so far, Moses is just a chock full of things that we can learn from him. We can learn from him in his mistakes and we can learn from him in his successes. And and that's the way that life is. Even in our mistakes, we're learning. In our successes, 
we're learning. As long as we're constantly learning and growing, you know, then it's all worth it. Because we know that God's producing in us what he needs to produce in us to do what he's called us to do. So again, next week we will be with special um, guest, Pastor Cherokee Parker, talking about godly friendships and the importance of that. Um, And then the following week we'll finish up Moses. Um, I'm really excited to be in this series of uh, biblical heroes. I'm excited to learn from people in the Bible. I'm excited to grow with you guys. So I wanted to, again, ask you guys, when I post on Facebook, I've been posting questions each week for the last couple of weeks. A question, please answer the question. Let's start some conversation because social media is full of a bunch of junk. Let's start some biblical conversation and and add something good back into social media. So we're going to pray real quick and then we're going to end this episode. But know that I love you all and I love getting to grow with you guys. So dear Heavenly Father, God, again, I thank you for the opportunity to record this episode today and to, to learn and glean from the biblical hero Moses. God, I pray for everybody that's listening, God, that may be going through a season of feeling unequipped, a season where they're having doubts and and they may feel confused. God, I pray that all the confusion would be cleared up in the name of Jesus, that even if they feel unequipped, that they would not stop pursuing what you have for their life. God, I pray, God, that that even if they've made mistakes in their past, that maybe they feel makes them unqualified to be called by you. You love to use the, the least likely in order to um, allow yourself to receive the glory and it to be done in your strength, which is what it needs to be done with anyways. And so God, I like I said, I just uh, pray for everybody who is who is struggling, that they would keep pressing into you. God, and I pray that we would be able to start some good godly conversation on social media and making social media more about you than anything else. And I just love you and I thank you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Love you all and have a wonderful week.